Good Monday morning and welcome to another episode of the podcast, Insanity, A Peace of Mind. I am your host, Stephanie. This is episode 110 and I am recording another episode on generational trauma and this one will talk about ways to heal. Before I go into what I'm going to talk about, I would like to acknowledge that a podcast alone or the information that I'm going to provide is not adequate for real deep healing or real full complete healing from trauma. If you believe that you are suffering from symptoms of generational trauma, if you know for certain that you have this in your family, then I am absolutely delighted to provide some resources and to get you started, but I would suggest that you reach out for some professional help because it is a process and I don't presume to have everything you need bottled up in a few podcasts. So please attend to yourself and take care of yourselves in really important ways. And I'm happy to help you start this journey with this podcast and the information in these generational trauma podcasts. But I really believe that most people in this particular circumstance would benefit from some professional help. The first thing you need to do on your journey to heal is to know whether what you're experiencing is from some generational trauma or something else. And sometimes that's going to be really easy to identify and understand. And other times it could be a little more subtle or a little bit more difficult to know whether it is this generational or this inherited trauma. So I'm going to give you a couple of ideas and one is not more important than the other, but you might want to do one before the other. The first one is to understand your family history. And this doesn't necessarily mean your family's trauma history right out of the chute, but to know about your genealogy, your progenitors, the people who came before you, anything about your family that you can know or understand will help give you perspective and context for your life. And this is a little bit of a plug for genealogy because this is also a therapeutic intervention. If you don't know where to start, uh, there are just questions you can start to contemplate and ask people or see if you can gather information about. So do you know about the wars or the political movements or the major historical events that your ancestors lived through? Because their experiences are going to have impact on how you live your life today. This appears very often in 
generations of people whose grandparents or great-grandparents lived during the Depression. We have learned things from our family members based on their experience scrimping and saving and living in the fear and uncertainty of the Depression era or the stock market crash or World War One or World War Two, And so these grand political movements or experiences and timeframes that our family members lived in affect our experiences today. Another way to look into your family history would be to understand the cultural or religious values of the different times and the different eras. If your parents grew up in the 60s, that is going to impact the way you have been raised. If your parents grew up in a different era, if you are a child of a baby boomer, you are going to have different experiences than someone who was raised by parents from a different era. Religious values and religious beliefs are going to have a lot of impact, whether you are still practicing those religious beliefs or not, on how you experience life today. It is useful if you have access to personal histories, if you can read these, whether they are in the form of journals or very often we can find compilations that our family members have put together. I have a couple of resources that my family members have put together for us in these different lines that I could look at. Can you talk with living family members about these things? Are people open and transparent about some of the experiences, even the difficult experiences that your family members or ancestors have been through? These are really good ways to start gathering information about your family history. You are not looking for trauma. I don't want to send you all on these genealogical research tasks with the idea of looking for trauma. I just want this to be a pathway for you to follow if you believe there is something that could be found that could answer some questions that you might have about things that are going on for you today. In therapy, we use what is called a genogram in order to assess and bring out information from a client about their family and their family's lives, their experiences, their relationships, and a whole lot of other bits and pieces come out when you work through a genogram. Because every generation of every family passes a different piece of themselves down to their progeny, we use genograms to see what these things are. Some of these things are 
rich and beautiful and their stories and culture and knowledge and sometimes even possessions and belongings. And sometimes they're really significant and sometimes they're not significant at all. But we have these things and they get passed down to us. Other times we get passed down more troublesome and irksome characteristics. There might be a a predisposition for addiction or depression. Sometimes we just get handed down unhealthy ways of thinking or uh, cognitive distortions that have become so ingrained in our family's narrative that we think this is the way everybody is. And so using a genogram will help open up a lot of information that doesn't come out in other ways. Because using a genogram, we can see patterns and strengths and weaknesses. A genogram actually is like a family tree, but it's much more detailed and it includes information about relationships, interactions between family members. And so it is more than just lineage. So the genogram has much more detail about family members and about how family members interact with one another. And it is really valuable when you can use several generations in this family tree type exercise. And this helps to see family patterns, maybe predispositions for certain behaviors, or maybe you see patterns of poor communication and dysfunctional relationships. Maybe there's trends in dissatisfied relationships or marriages. And so using genograms, either personally or in therapy, will open up these opportunities and these new ways of seeing things. And I will link to probably therapist aid to the genogram description and explanation. So if you want to look at a genogram, you can, because they're pretty useful. And again, I'm going to plug therapy for generational trauma. If you start to open up and find some things that are causing you distress or dysregulation, please seek out professional help. Okay, so that's kind of step one for opening up space to heal generational trauma. Number two is to acknowledge the trauma. You may already know it exists and you may be hesitant to talk to anybody about it. You may not know what's there, but might be feeling the effects of it anyway. Either way, once the proverbial cat is out of the bag, even if it's just to you, your best bet is to acknowledge it and to be willing to entertain the idea that you can talk about it. Generational trauma is one element of this and certainly important. And then there's you. 
and the potential trauma that you may have experienced growing up. And there is something called adverse childhood experiences that are potentially traumatic events that occur in childhood, zero to 17 years old. They include experiencing violence, abuse, or neglect, witnessing violence in your home or your community, having a family member attempt or die by suicide, They also include aspects of a child's environment that somehow undermines a sense of safety or stability and bonding. This can include growing up in the house where there are substance use problems, mental health problems, or potentially the instability just in the household due to parental separation or household members being in jail or prison. And these are just some adverse childhood experiences. These are linked to chronic health problems, mental illness, substance use problems, in adolescence and adulthood. They can also negatively impact education, job opportunities, and earning potential. They are pretty common. About 61% of adults surveyed across 25 states report that they have experienced at least one type of adverse childhood experience before the age of 18. And nearly one in six of these adults reported they had four or more. And so this is an important area of self-awareness and contemplation and vulnerability and admission. Because if you are an adult who has experienced adverse childhood experiences, it's the only world I can think of, then this is part of your trauma history. It does not mean doom and gloom. It is just part of your history. And there are lasting, potentially negative effects on your life because of these. And the way you interact with people today, whether it's partners or children or siblings or parents might have root in how your childhood and what you experienced in childhood means for you today. So understanding your own history, understanding your own childhood experiences will help you create and find ways of healing and coping better and more effectively with some of the things that you might do that don't serve you or your family particularly well at this point. Looking at family history is one thing. Looking at your own history is quite another. And this requires vulnerability and moving from the potential of feeling shame and embarrassment, of 
your experiences as a child or how you are in the world today and moving into a place of wanting true improvement and true healing and communication and a willingness to speak with and listen to and ask for feedback from those people who love you and care about you the most is a good way to open up conversations about what could potentially be going on. This is a self-awareness and a values exercise. Self-awareness and values will be very helpful because these are the things that allow you to see maybe patterns of behavior, the kinds of people you gravitate to, because very often we look for and want to spend time with people who are familiar to us or who feel familiar. And sometimes that means we are surrounding ourselves with people who are entrenching our trauma, so to speak. And so if we truly see where what we're doing is not serving us, if we truly see that our history has had a negative or an unfortunate impact on our lives, and as adults, we want to do something different, then we need to find different people to spend our time with. And we need to be open and communicative with the people who are in our lives for the long haul. Because we want people who will directly and indirectly support healing and change. Presumably, that's what we're going for. Healing our traumas in any form is hard, emotional, tiring work. And there were several articles that listed the same types of things in order to facilitate healing for the long haul. Okay, so what that means is take care of yourself. Recognize that this is hard work. Recognize that you might need to reach out for professional support. And while you are doing this, whether you're doing it by yourself, with your partner, with a family member, with a friend, or with a therapist, Self-care is critical, and self-care includes mindfulness and meditation. Please, please have some sort of mindfulness or meditative process that you engage in more times than not during any given week. This includes just being aware of your present circumstances without judgment. This can be guided meditation. It can be nature meditation. It can be a journaling meditative process. There are dozens of ways to do this and please engage in some sort of mindfulness meditative process. You can find 
plenty of guided meditations online through meditation apps or YouTube or Spotify. So please look for those. Another one is physical well-being. You need good nutrition, you need really good sleep, and you need some form of exercise or recreation in order to facilitate and encourage the process of healing. These are important things no matter what, and they're more important when you are engaged in the heavy lifting of healing generational trauma, yours or that which has been passed down to you. So please do these things. Play. Engage in play or fun. So I did some play podcasts a few weeks ago, and I'm going to plug those and plug the importance of adult play. This is paramount as you begin your journey of healing. You need to have downtime, you need to have fun, and you need to be able to engage in something for the sheer delight of it. Not every minute of every day has to be nose to the grindstone, especially when you are working on yourself. Some of your relationships may need to change, and that can feel very, very scary, and it can feel intolerable, and sometimes it is a necessity if you are trying to heal from this generational trauma. When it is time for relationships to change, it is also okay to grieve these transitions or these changes, or in some instances, the end. And grief is a very interesting process that is not linear, and it is not to be ignored It is an important aspect of healing in so very many ways. And so believe that this is okay. Don't try and fight the grief. It does not mean there's something wrong with you or that you are broken. It does not matter that you are grieving for two months or two years. Grief is a very individual thing. And it is pretty important that trauma work is done right alongside with grief. And again, if this all feels overwhelming to you, I suggest you reach out for some professional help. And the grief process really does go hand in hand with trauma work. I'm going to end this podcast with another plug for seeking professional help, if that's what you need, with this caveat. If you are looking for someone to help with your healing and your healing journey, remember that you are looking for a therapist who is a good fit. So if you are dealing with some sort of cultural trauma or some specific type of trauma, 
it is okay to look for someone who is culturally competent or professionally competent in whatever area you're looking for. So it's not about finding the first person in the phone book. It's about finding someone who can really do the work with you to provide you the best opportunity for healing and change. And healing from generational trauma is so much bigger of a topic and a process than this particular podcast can deal with, or even a series of podcasts can deal with. So I help this, I hope this gives you some opportunity or some information is the word I'm looking for. Sorry, had a brain cramp right there. Some information to begin this journey and using people who love you, good friends, and other resources start this journey today because there is no better time than now to break these cycles. The quote this week is anonymous and it is, your trauma is not your fault, but healing is your responsibility and have a great week.